it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather, and Dave Ahern, to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 79. Tonight, Andrew and I, backed by popular demand, are going to talk about dollar cost averaging. We talked a lot about this before, but we have gotten a lot of questions about it recently, and we thought maybe we would dedicate an episode to it so we could help you guys learn a little bit more about this wonderful strategy that you could use to help with your investing. So, Andrew, why don't you talk a little bit about this, and we'll just kind of go back and forth. Yeah, sure. So, most basic definition of dollar cost averaging is you set aside a certain amount each month and you're going to put that into the stock market. So why you want to do that, A, it builds a habit. B, it's something that happens kind of in the background. And so you're structuring not only your investing, but your personal finances to, to work in the background without any sort of input needed from you, uh, especially if you can do like an auto auto draft or an auto transfer from from a checking account or something and and you can just be making progress with your investing no matter what happens with the market and no matter you know no matter what you're doing with your personal situation the rich dad poor dad mantra was always pay yourself first Um, and so by having a dollar cost averaging strategy in place that's a way you can do it and a way that Again, you can make progress and start to really make your money compound over time. Everybody wishes that they can get into the market and and time it perfectly, and and it looks so easy in hindsight. Um, and as we're definitely seeing now, we're recording this at the end of October 2018, and it's been a really rough month for the stock market. A lot of people kind of yelling at each other. Uh, if you go on Twitter, um, the president's yelling at people and people are yelling at the president. Uh, and there, and there's just a lot going on. And if this, so this is like one of the best times to have dollar, a do, something like a dollar cost averaging plan in place because it's when things are tough is when you want it the most is be, and then it's because it's when it can also be the most beneficial to you over the long term. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing that I, I love about what we're talking about tonight is with the market being so volatile over the last month or so, there's been a lot of scare about, you know, are we going to start to have a downturn in the market? And, you know, as we said before, I am no market prognosticator and I'm certainly not going to be able to predict whether it's going to go up or down and nobody can know that. And if they are telling you that they absolutely know that this is the end, the beginning of the downturn, they're lying to you because they do not know that there's, there's just nobody that does. But one of the ways that you can help yourself in a situation where things start to go south, and I don't mean south in a bad way, that's just the market you know, we've talked before about how overheated it is, and this is the highest it's been since the uh, dot-com burst in the 99-2000. So it's definitely over overpriced right now, and everything is, and it's been really hard to find great companies to buy. And with a possible downturn, we talked a couple weeks ago about this, that this is really the only business you could ever get into that people freak out whenever things go on sale. And that's really kind of how you have to look at this, is that when these companies start to take a downturn in the price, it doesn't mean that the value of the company has gone down. You know, let's take Disney, for example. It's still a great company just because it's gone from, I'm just going to throw out numbers here. I don't know the exact price of it at the moment, but let's say that it goes from $100 to $80. It doesn't mean that the company is now only worth $80. It means that that's what the stock market is pricing it at right now. But if the cash flows are exactly the same as they were the year before, then, hey, now you got something awesome for $20 cheaper. And who doesn't want that? I mean, you know, I think about, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, I live in Wisconsin. Snow's coming. Winter is coming. Yes, I am a Game of Thrones fan. And yes, winter is coming and it will be here soon, unfortunately. And I was preparing myself for that. That's something we have to do, Andrew. We have to prepare ourselves for winter. <laughs> I know the, the those of you in the sunny, sunny parts of the world do and have to enjoy that, but uh, we have to break out our winter gear and all that fun stuff. So as I was going through my winter gear, I discovered that my boots that I wear in the winter are junk. And so I'm going to have to go out and buy them. So what do I do? I'm looking for deals. I'm looking for sales because I want to buy Disney for $20 cheaper. And as value investors, we don't revel in people's misery for sure. But when things start to go south in the stock market, it's awesome for us because then everything's on sale and you can find great companies that you can buy at a, a discount. And this is where dollar cost average can you know help you very, very big time because as you're continually buying these great companies at a cheaper price, it is going to go back up at some point. It may be down for a year or two, maybe longer, but it will go back up someday. And that's what we're always in for is in for the long run. And you always have to keep that in mind when you're investing and dollar cost averaging, you know, buying a, a certain amount of it every single month or however time frame you can work with with your budget, whether it's once a month like Andrew does or whether it's every two months or every three months, however you choose to do it, it's going to help you in the long run because you're going to be buying these companies at a lower price. And when that price continues to go back up, then it's going to be worth more to you at that time because you know the intrinsic value is continued to rise as the price you know goes up. So you know it's a great 
it's a great place to be and dollar cost averaging can help you with this, you know, can help you stay involved in the market and help you stay with it. And, uh, Josh Brown, who has a, a great blog called the reform broker, and he's been doing this for a long time, really smart guy. Don't always agree with his viewpoints, but in this particular instance, uh, he made a comment, uh, the other day that I thought was very appropriate for the situation that's been happening recently. And when things start to, you know, get a little volatile in the market and people start to moderately freak out that, you know, everything is going to go south and they're going to lose all their money, that they will start to sell in a panic or just sell because they want to be smarter than everybody else. And then you become a market timer. When you start behaving that way, as opposed to looking at the actual value of the company and kind of sticking with your investment thesis, when you start reacting to all the short-term noise that's going on in the market, then you become a market timer. And then you are, now you have to forecast, is this the bottom or is this not the bottom? Is it going to go lower? Is it not going to go lower? When's it going to go start going back up? Is there a bounce and it's all, hey, now it's going to go back in and now you're going to buy back in? Uh, you know, there's so many other variables that go into that. And, you know, as he was saying, it's impossible for you to forecast whether it's going to go down or going to go back up. And when you start to, kind of react to the short-term noise that's going on with the market, then that's when you can start to get in trouble. And dollar cost averaging is a strategy and a plan that you can use to help you avoid that panic. You know, I was reading something earlier that said that if investing was formulaic and that's all you needed to do, it would be easy. But when human emotions get involved in all these things, that's when we all get in trouble because we're all human. We all have you know, emotions. And I was listening to a podcast a few days ago with Ned Faber. And he said, one of the reasons why he's a, a quant is because he's got so many emotions, he can't control them. So he has to go everything by the book and by the numbers. And that helps him maintain his, you know, rationality during all the ups and downs of everything that goes on in the stock market. And again, going back to dollar cost averaging, when you buy on a consistent basis and you're putting money into the, into the, into the market on a continuous basis, it can help you smooth out the ups and downs of everything that goes on with the market. And I know that that's one of the things Andrew does. And, you know, he's a perfect example of dollar cost averaging. He does it with his, with his portfolio. And he's talked about this many, many times. And I know he's got some great advice for us. Well, that's the thing, like you said, uh, kind of smoothing it out. A system like dollar cost averaging will automatically set you up to buy low and to sell high in the sense that um, you're going to buy more when things are on sale and you're going to buy less when things are more expensive. So as an example, let's take your Disney example again. Let's say we're doing like a thousand bucks a month into uh, our dollar cost averaging plan. So when Disney's at 80, we're able to pick up uh, more than 10 shares for a thousand dollars compared to maybe if it's at 200, we can only pick up like five shares. So we're buying less when it's more expensive and we're buying more when it's cheaper and we're not having to do anything like, uh, you don't have to make a tough decision there. You don't have to try to, um, pick your spots and, and kind of time the market there by committing to a consistent habit and discipline of investing the same amount of money every month into into some sort of stock, then you're automatically setting yourself up to buy more shares when they're cheaper. And so uh, the way I look at it is it's something 
you can equate, you know, we talked about baseball and the World Series and Davey brought up a good point about how people who can be uh, this idea that they know where the future holds, just go back an episode or two and listen to us uh, talking about where we thought, who we thought the World Series winners were going to be. And we were both wrong and, and we're pretty big baseball fans, both of us. Yeah, so I was very wrong. <laughs> I, I got closer than you did, so. Eight. Yes, you did. It, mine was a little bit biased, a little more emotion than numbers. <laughs> but um, if you take like a sport like baseball or a sport like football or even basketball, uh, if you are trying to compete and, and compete at a high level, all you have to, if you can set yourself up to have great form, um, that takes care of 80, 85, 90% of the problems. Uh, you will automatically, by getting that and, and putting it in the background as something automatic, if you have the fundamentals down and you're able to get the angles right and, and you're able to utilize the proper muscles and, and you do that through this muscle memory and, and repetition, right? Then every time you throw a ball, every time you shoot a jump shot, you're you're going to automatically have better chances because you have all these things automatically set up in place. So things like dollar cost averaging and diversification, those are going to be the things that make up 80 to 90% of your results. Uh, in the big picture over the long term, you have to establish those in the background and then they're going to work for you and, and you're going to set yourself up for success. And that's what really what's key. And unfortunately, not talked about enough when it comes to investing in personal finance and something that's not really mastered because uh, it's not really understood and, and it's not that fun to talk about. Uh, it's more fun to talk about uh, where's Tesla going tomorrow, right? But but these are the things that you really want to put into place uh, to get yourself set up to, to automatically be doing things that you want to do with your portfolio and your investing, such as buying more. Let's buy more when things are on sale. Let's buy more when things are at a discount. Yes, you have stock, you have companies and, and as their share prices are going down, you might see some of those earnings dropping. You might see some of those cash flows kind of shrinking. But as I've stressed before with my take on, on companies with negative earnings, the fact remains, uh, even during really, really rough recessions, a lot of these companies, like Disney, for example, will continue to produce great profits. They might not be growing as high as they did during like a bull market or an economic boom, but uh, when things get rough, they tend to still be profitable if they are good companies and good businesses. Kids still want to go to the movie theaters, even if uh, you know their parents aren't able to to go out for vacations every year because they didn't get a Christmas bonus, right? A uh, lot of different businesses still make great profits regardless of where the economy is, regardless of where the stock market is. And so why wouldn't you want to be buying more into those as their prices are falling? You have to really look at... When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? 
a hotel upgrade, lounge access, wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com beginners for your extended 30-day free trial buying these stocks and not and, and trying to separate yourself from from seeing red in the portfolio and i know it's really hard and it's a lot harder to do than than to say and and i i get that too you know i hate looking at my portfolio and and seeing a stock that i feel really good about i got at a great price but maybe the momentum is still really negative in the short term and so you know you might buy a stock and and see it go down 10% in a month or or two or three and it doesn't make you feel good because you don't feel like you really got, you don't feel like you were right. You don't feel like you made the right decision. But if you can kind of step back and look over the long term, understand that either A, the, uh, there is some, some, there is some trouble coming up. Cash flows are, are constricting and earnings aren't growing as, as great as you'd like them to. But you know there should still be profit and and still be progress and compounding and and those sorts of things, or b the market's completely overreacting and completely th- this is an underdog stock and and people are discounting it and not realizing what the true reality of their business is so really, as long as you have something like okay, at this point this you know something like negative earnings tells me that this 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 is this company's really in trouble. Outside of that, you can, you should, in theory, be able to dollar cost average and pick up more shares as the stock price is falling and feel good about it. I think it would be really helpful and kind of cool if, if we started looking at stocks instead of looking at where their price goes as, as you pick up these shares to, to kind of think of it like, okay, I just at a 10 PE, I just, 
I just uh for a hundred dollars, you know, I I bought a hundred dollar stock at a ten PE. I just gave myself ten dollars worth of earnings. I, I think that's a really uh, a better way, kind of a cool way to look at it. And so every month when you're dollar cost averaging and and you're buying more stocks, even if the market's going down, you're saying, you know what, I'm 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 getting access to these. The I'm like plugging myself into this stream of income, right? this uh this river of income and, and i'm and i'm getting little bits of it coming to me so whether that's you know whether you want to track oh i'm getting this di- dividend income stream which is like a real income stream and you kind of track that cool this year i kind of got like 20 dollars worth of income from dividends straight up and 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 then maybe the next year you got 40 or 100 or a thousand that you, you when you see that and you see it really grow and compound and 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 kind of roll positively like a snowball down the hill. That's where you can really s- start to flip the script a bit and, and see stock ownership for what it really is. It's not buying and trying to sell again higher. It's it's getting pe- part ownership of businesses. You're, you're picking up these little pieces of businesses that are giving you little income streams. And whether that's through their earnings or through their dividends, um, those are yours. And Yes, it's not going to be a straight line. Nothing in life. I don't care what what you're trying to pursue. It's it's not going to be a perfectly straight. I made progress at a consistent rate every single day. There's going to be ups and downs, and it's no different in the stock market. It's no different with your financial, uh, your portfolio value, and 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 the number of shares you have, and how much those are worth. And so if we can focus on the input instead, instead of the end result, then we can understand that over the long term, the end result will take care of itself as long as we are continuing this habit of dollar cost averaging, especially when things and prices are getting cheaper, because that's when dollar cost averaging is really works the best is when is when you can pick up more and more of these companies when they're cheap and then when they kind of rebound then you get all that all those gains from uh from a recovery which is so impossible the time but historically it's always always happened so you just have to be invested through it and then you can kind of fast forward and and look back in the mirror later on and be like wow uh, i survived that and my portfolio recovered and wow look at these gains that's just not going to happen if you're always trying to jump in and out of stocks and and uh, you know, if if you're gonna try to pile money in all at once after the stock market's gone up twenty five percent, and then you're gonna try to sit on cash for like another two years, and then maybe try to wait for another huge uptick to to put a bunch of money in the stock market again, I just don't see that as as something that you can sustainably and consistently expect to have uh, maximum participation in any of these recoveries, maximum potential of compounding and so that's something to really keep in mind is dollar cost averaging is going to keep you in the game and it's going to give you progress every single month let's say you have a stock and it goes down but it's paying a dividend so because your dollar cost averaging you're, you're picking up shares and then even if the stock price is going down you're getting paid a dividend which allows you to repurchase more shares so you're already growing your wealth you're growing the ownership your your personal ownership of that business is growing as you're collecting those dividends and reinvesting them. And that's whether the stock goes up or or down. So 
you you if you can get that process started right away, then you can get that compounding going, and that's going to have a big multiplier effect over the long term, especially the longer you do it. Hey, you! What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. Those are great points, and I love all the things you are referencing. And uh, I think those are great things to think about as everything kind of slides up and down. I know we have some questions that we received. Are there, would you like to answer some of those now? Yeah, let's knock some of those out. Because, um, you know, uh, the application of dollar cost averaging can sometimes be tricky. And um, there are some listeners who had some... Uh, small little things. And I think we can answer some of them and, and be helpful for a lot of people. Okay. So why don't we take, did you want to take the first one here? Okay. Uh, so this is from Sam S. He says, Hey Andrew, first off, I've been listening to your podcast from the beginning. I've reached to about the February 2018 episodes. This podcast has given me so much valuable information to investing for my future. And I want to thank you for that. I also recently purchased a VTI and read your book, which is also excellent. Thank you, Sam. Uh, now, finally, to the point, if you're a dollar cost averaging $150 a month, how do you dollar cost average 5 or 10 or even 20 stocks at the time? I have several purchases in the stock market and was wondering how you split this $150 up among your portfolio. Thanks for your time. and I look forward to hearing from you. This other question is kind of related, so I'll tackle them both at once. This one's from Julian. He says, hi, Andrew. I'd like to get into investing. I came across your podcast. I'm thoroughly enjoying, so thank you for the material. I'm going through the Back to the Basics episodes and came across the one where you discuss dollar cost averaging. I'm interested in this method, but I'm from the UK. So if I was to do 150, is that euros? Yeah. No, that's pounds. That's pounds. UK, right? that's pounds. That's pounds. 150 pounds a month. About 10% of that would go on trading fees before anything. doesn't seem that's the right thing to do as straight away 10% of my investment is wasted. I'd appreciate your view. So this really goes... And what makes dollar cost averaging? Blah, blah, blah. I'm getting so excited. I'm mispronouncing. <laughs> what makes dollar cost averaging so? Um, there's no one size fits all. It's such a personal part of uh, the way you invest because everybody has different amounts that they're able to invest, right? And so, for example, with the with Julian here from the UK, if he's gonna pay ten percent of 150 pounds a month into trading fees that's 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 too much right uh now you're looking at a situation where 150 a month is not really a good dollar cost average amount so for something like julian's situation the reason why i personally do 150 dollars a month uh a obviously it's easy to follow and um something that people can track quite easily but it also with the broker I have and the transaction fees I pay, I still get. I don't lose as much from transaction fees for doing something like 150 a month. So at 495, I think it goes. It, 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 I I lose like a percent and a half right off the bat, or I think it might actually be closer to three percent. But you know, I'm losing. I'm losing some return right off the bat. Three point three percent. But you know, it's not three point three percent. That's like one year of dividends. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that's not much. It, it's it's something, right? And we're just trying to start small. Obviously, if you have more money, then 
you you have the luxury to to invest more and and you can mitigate that i certainly do with some of my other accounts um but something like 10% on a fee now you're looking at uh with the stock market averaging 10% a year you're like losing a year of returns right off the bat that's really really high so you want to structure your dollar cost averaging so that um that's that's not the case for you so kind of like what dave said before uh where whatever your time period of dollar cost averaging is uh you can still apply dollar cost averaging and get all the benefits and it doesn't have to be exactly the way i do it or exactly the way somebody else does it so maybe instead of doing 150 pounds a month you do 450 pounds every three months and now it's something around 3% of of your deposit goes to a transaction fee rather than 10%. And, and that can, you know, that can make a difference too. And a couple months of kind of delaying that compounding is not as bad as, as, you know, take the average investor who might just invest whenever they feel like it. Um, those couple months aren't, aren't going to really move the needle compared to, you know, you're, you're going to still get started and get your compounding started, but at the same time, not pay too much for fees. And then uh, going back to Sam's question about how do you split up with five, 10 or 20 stocks at a time? This is the other thing that um, when I built the real money portfolio for the e-leather, I, it took me 20 months to get fully diversified. So I wasn't trying to split this $150 per month and, you know, buy 10 or 20 stocks at a time. First off, that's impossible because a lot of these stocks might trade. And, you know, a lot of the purchases that I make, sometimes I can only buy one share because the stock, something like a Disney might trade at $110. So you can only buy one share with that. What I, well, what, what I would do, would, I would buy a share and I have $40 left over, for example, and then just roll that over into the next month. Next month, I have $190 and I can buy however, you know, what's the maximum amount of shares I can buy with that? And then you just keep going from month to month to month. So you have to remember, again, it has to be on the grand scale, on the grand scheme of things. And, and what's the big picture? It might be hard to kind of build a portfolio and feel like you're not really properly diversified. But, you know, you shouldn't be looking at your results in the beginning anyways. If you consider that you're investing is something that you take with you for the rest of your life. I assume you're going to need to eat for however long you live. So you're going to need money in some capacity. And so investing should really be a part of your money picture for the rest of your life. So if you really look at that and you think about being patient enough to wait 5, 10, 20 months to get a fully diversified portfolio, that's just a drop in the bucket. And so, you know, because you don't want to spread yourself too thin you don't want to pay too much and can you imagine buying like five stocks even like five like ten dollar stocks five transaction fees right there and doing that every month that would be so costly that you're you're giving you know you're putting your money to work for the broker instead of putting it to work for you so don't do something like that be smart think about how am i going to structure this for my personal situation and and try to limit that the fees that you pay, try to get below, you know, I, I would definitely try to get below 4% at least, you know, 3% maybe that you're paying in transaction fee to get invested in the market. And, you know, if that means waiting longer to be fully diversified or waiting longer to, to make that dollar cost average amount, 
whatever, whatever it takes, just, just do that. And, and, uh, you can set yourself up for great dollar cost averaging. If, even if your situation is not as ideal currently as you'd like it to be. All right. So Aaron says, I'm hoping this is an edge case. I never have to worry about And even if it does happen, I only miss out on a portion of gains. So yeah, I, I look at it as the way I would look at a dollar cost averaging is, uh, the same as like a line item in your budget. The same as paying rent, right? Even if you go through recession, if you're out of work for a time, maybe you're working odd end jobs to keep the lights on, or you, you might you might be fortunate to have an emergency fund that you've prepared. You would you would still continue to pay the rent, and so if you're really truly committed to dollar cost averaging, you would you would treat it in the same way and look at it as an expense that you have to pay, just like you would keep the lights on. That's that's what I've done with with my hundred and fifty dollar a month kind of commitment. And so like having the e leather, there there's been times, trust me, where I really, really things were really, really tight and I that was the last thing I wanted to do was was to make that dollar cost averaging deposit, but I'm really glad I did because you can just see the progress as time goes on and 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 uh, as I look at the portfolio, I'm I'm seeing good amounts of compounding already. I'm seeing a lot of dividend reinvestment and these shares that are accumulating. And that all can only really happen if, if you're consistent. And so you just have to plan and, and mentally prepare for it. Think of it just like, you know, I think it's reasonable to say we will all be unemployed at some point. So you try to have an emergency fund in place, whatever that means for you and whatever's comfortable for you. Um, but even at a time like that, that's I think it's reasonable to think that when you're unemployed is probably when stocks will be the very best deals, and and it's going to be hard to. I think it's a big reason why a lot of why the market can stay low for a while because it does happen for a lot of people. I know I've definitely thought about that before too. Um, but if you can if you can stay committed to it and, and really put it as a priority. I, I'll put mine at the first of the month and, and that's the first thing I pay. Pay yourself first. So if you can do that, then yeah, then you can then it is realistic to to think about ten to eleven percent returns per year because you're gonna you're gonna participate in the recovery. You're gonna be buying low successfully. And that's goes back to everything we talk about. But you do have to prepare and really treat it like a line item on the budget that's kind of unnegotiable at like rent. If you really, really want to stay consistent and continue to make those investments, uh, regardless of what's going on in your personal life. Those are excellent points. And I, I agree with a lot of the things that you were saying. I think the two key things that I, that I took away from that are continually to be invested. I think that has so many benefits for you in the long run you know, Aaron was talking about, you know, over the next 25 years or so of his career, if he continued to, to stay in the market with his investing over the next 25 years, he's going to reap such a huge benefit from that. And I think the other thing that really kind of stuck out with me too was, you know, the pay yourself first uh, mentality of, you know, creating your budget and having that as a line item. You know, I've talked about that in the past as well, about that being, you know, I considered a, a bill that I have to pay every month. And, However, you need to look at it to mentally prepare yourself to make sure that 
you're setting aside money for yourself for your retirement is so critical to what we're talking about. You have to have money to be able to invest. And if you just quote unquote, wait until the end of the month and I'll take the money that I have left over, we never have money left over. It just doesn't happen. I saw that so many thousands of times in the banking world. And if you do not make it a priority, it will not happen. So those are two things that I took away from, from Andrew's conversation. And I think those are so critical and you really need to seriously think about how you approach both of those ideas. And I think the more successful you're going to be is the by making those priorities in your life. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion tonight on dollar cost averaging. I want to thank all the people that wrote in to us over the last few weeks. Those were fantastic questions. We really, really enjoyed talking about those. And thank you again for bringing those up. I think dollar cost averaging is such an important strategy and it needs to be discussed and it's not discussed enough. And so Andrew and I were happy to talk about it a little bit more tonight. Without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out, have a great week, invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on a safety, and we'll talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.